0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to the Great Iron Blitz Podcast, your weekly source for
2: women's American football, insights, game recaps, and NFL News Weekly. Subscribe on Apple and iHeart. Welcome to Red Iron Blitz, 385. Oscar Lopez in the house. We're going to have a great show. Two hours jam-packed for you. We're going to be recapping the 9 Cup, the 2021 Nine Cup, as the uh, Texas Elite Spartans become back-to-back champions in the WNFC. Uh, In the house for the Monkey Night Fight huddle, we're going to have the two MVPs, the offensive MVP and the defensive MVP of the WNFC 9 Cup. That's going to be the Texas Elite uh, Spartans champions Amanda Hillman and Dina Guidry. They're going to be coming in here in the Mike and I fight huddle. In about 15 minutes, we're going to have Amanda here. And then in about 45 minutes, we're going to have Dina here to break it down as well for the whole weekend. We're an exciting weekend. We have Sarah Fuller there as well, Marshawn Lynch, Patrick Willis, a whole panel of events, plus the Adidas uh, girls um, a flag football event as you can if you're at the hub you can get to check it out right there off the WNFC web uh, uh, page it was really exciting weekend there uh, a lot of things happening overseas as well so we'll dive into that as well in a couple minutes here and if you haven't gone to uh, Twitter follow us on Twitter uh, for the latest updates on women's American football and NFL news right there at great on Twitter we're going to talk in the second hour breakdown Mark Simone in the Owls, aka Backseat coach, the salty one, Mackenzie Brooks, will be here, and they're going to break down the WNFC 9 Cup, their perspective, what they saw of the game. And then we're going to dive into the NFL Hall of Fame game uh, in terms of the weekend, uh, in terms of the Hall of Fame for the NFL as the uh, 2020 and 2021 inductees. Uh, really really excited to see Isaac Bruce uh, as a Ram fan go into the Hall of Fame with uh, Marshall Falk and Kurt Warner and Orlando Pace. That was pretty awesome for me. And so we'll dive into that as well. And in, in the second hour itself, uh, Nate Ward will be here and we'll kind of do NFL preseason as we get before we get out of here tonight. So uh, pretty exciting weekend uh, in the WNFC in Dallas, but at the same time, also very exciting weekend overseas in the UK as week three of the NWFL and the Baffer Woman, seven on seven action happened. If you're at the hub, you got all the latest, everything that happened there, still photos, everything of the events that happened this past weekend. So it was a really exciting weekend in the UK. Uh, it was the Central West region this week three. And it was the Birmingham Lions forty eight to zero against Cheshire Bears. It was the Leeds Carnegie Chargers twenty four to sixteen over the uh, Manchester Titans. Manchester 20-15 to over Cheshire Bears, and Birmingham 46-0 to against Leeds. Uh, and also uh, Ruth Mata turned off her awesome championship in the WFA uh, over it, overseas now with the Birmingham Lions. So that was awesome to see as well. So you get all the action, everything that happened overseas in the NWFL, right there at the hub. Of course, at the best network on the planet, and that is us. At facebookcom forward slash Grand Beauty. So thanks to all our network partners that uh, work with us, all the photographers that were there for the event and giving us the insights and giving us the visuals uh, to bring you the uh, amazing action and the uh, excitement that is happening in the UK with seven-on-seven seven action from the National Women's Football League in the United Kingdom. Awesome. And then we're also going to uh, we will also dive in to Finland as uh, we got a couple weeks left in Finland. Before Division One finishes off, and then we get into the semifinals coming up here on the 28th and 29th, which is a couple weeks away here. But uh, Finland Division One, as it stands right now, Koda Eagles uh, undefeated for the season. Leo, uh, Lionesses, Loya Lohja uh they were facing the Roosters this weekend. They got the great victory, so they're in second place, three uh, three and one. Um, so they're at six points, while uh, Eagles are at ten points. The Roosters fall to one and four and that puts them at two points. So it's going to be tough for them to kind of muster, try to get to themselves into a playoff position. In block one, Northern Lights, because of the forfeit by the uh, Crocodiles, this is going to be a kind of a, they're going to be a pretty much a shoe-in for the playoffs. They're undefeated 4-0, and probably going to get the forfeit win this coming weekend. The Saints, tampere Saints, 4-1 and at the same time there. Uh, Royals kind of creaking in, see if they can make a comeback here. 2-3, and three, so they still have a shot. To try to kind of make themselves a playoff run here. So uh, week nine coming up here on the 14th, uh, the Crocs no longer, um, they ended up forfeiting the remaining three weeks of the season. So Jaguars are gonna, probably going to get the forfeit win here. So they'll go to one and six based on the forfeit. And then we're going to have the clash uh, of clashes uh, on the 15th. And it's going to be Tampere Saints, four and one, taking on the Northern Lights, undefeated Northern Lights. That's so going to be a really good matchup. Uh, you can get it on Rudu, Plus, if you're in the Euro scene, Rodu Plus, R-U-U-T-U Plus, and that's a subscription-based format, but you can get it right there um, and you can watch all the games live right there uh, of the Finland's Division I uh, women's action. And then you have on the 14th, Linuses, three 3-1 taking on Wolverines, 0-4, oh Wolverines Blue. So it should be a, a pretty good win. Shout-out to our no-joke football athlete, Ellie Mazzola of the Linuses. Awesome job this year for her and her team from last year. So really good job. Uh, so week ten coming up here, we'll get you we'll get you dived in at the hub as soon as we get all the feedback from the week ten action. You'll see it first front and center right there from all our network partners over in Finland as well. So it's really good, exciting. Uh, the final of the Division One Women's um, will be on September fourth and September fifth. So that's uh, Block one, Block two. So Division one, Division two, basically in terms of the scope. So uh, really good really good uh, action happening. Eagles uh poised to meet up with probably Northern Lights at this point if everything goes the same. But there is opportunity for the Saints and the uh, line to make some sort of uh, upset here as we get towards the next uh, three weeks going forward. In the Maple League, uh, Leah Kozla and her, uh, Tro- uh, Turku Trojans are uh, 4-0, and they're just running the table at this point, 139-13, only allowing 13 points all season. So it's a really really awesome season for them. Then the um, Maliki b- Bouncers, who upgraded to Maple League this year, really impressive. Three and one, sort of like a story of like what Nevada did in the WFA from Division Three to Division Two. So really impressive for the Bouncers. Three and one, uh, they're uh, doing a really good job of scoring. Not as good as Turku, but obviously Turku's. Defense has been very stout all season, giving up only 13 points for the whole season. Then we got the champions struggling this year. As we said, roster changes, uh, players leaving the team overseas to to do other things. And so they're 1-3. They're struggling big time. They're giving up a lot of points. They're giving up almost 125 points on the season so far. So they're getting outscored big time. Um, And then uh, at the end, we have the West Coast Phoenix, also struggling, giving up a lot of points as well. And they're not putting up much much off offense. So that's a problem in itself there. So Maple League, what we have there, week five, coming up here this weekend, Turku 4-0 will take on West Coast Phoenix. Should be a, a quick victory for them as they were steamrolling almost everybody. And then you have Helsinki uh, taking on bouncers. It's a good clash here. The champs uh, playing for pride here. See if they can muster a win. Uh, otherwise, the bouncers look to clash with Turku as we have only about uh, two weeks left in the season. And that's going to be week six, which is coming up this week. Uh, two more weeks, two more weeks in the season. And that's going to be where the Maple League will end up in Finland. Semifinals will be on the 28th, 29th. The final will be on September 4th. And as you did, if you're at the Hub today, you noticed we're getting prep for the Sweden season. Swedish season is going to kick off right there on the 29th. And uh, you saw the uh, preview by the John Copey Spartans uh, today. So if you're at the Hub, you can see it right there. So don't forget to invite your friends, share our posts, uh, do everything you can to bring awareness to women's American football. And um, so go to the hub at Facebook.com forward slash Great Iron Beauties. It's going to be the place to be at this. All right. So uh, let's get started with the NFL preseason that's going to happen this week here before we get into the interview. Because we're going to dive into the 9 Cup with Amanda Hellman. And we're also going to dive into the 9 Cup action of the weekend and what happened there with uh, Dina Guidry. So the first hour here is jam-packed with Texas Elite Spartans MVPs, which is I really appreciate them making the time and coming on to our podcast and giving, us, giving the fans the perspective of what happened on on the weekend at the 9 Cup. If you were uh, on social media, on IG, if you were on uh, Facebook, you got, to, you got to witness all the excitement that happened. Uh, the 9 Cup action was on Vire Sports. Vire Sports was uh, where you could watch it. And that was an exclusive right there on Vire Sports. You get the app, you download it, and you get to watch the game, which we did. And then also, if you wanted to do cable, which is uh, basically on a cable outlet, if you had DirecTV like myself, um, you would uh, be able to watch it on, I think, 628, which is the NESN uh, channel. Uh, that was a subscription-based channel. That If you already have the channel, obviously it was free. If you didn't, you had to do a pay-per-view type of, uh, of, of thing. But at the same time, it was okay because you could have just watched it on the VIRE Network uh, and VIRE Sports as well. So, so it was really great weekend of action that's happening. So uh, dive into that. Um, don't forget, uh, you can also, uh, if you like podcasts, of course, all of us like, love podcasts. And uh, we're not an exclusive to women's soccer football. Of course, there's a lot of podcasts out there. You can go. Um, and if you want the recap of the WFA weekend from the two individuals that faced each other and. We're talking about Cleat Cheat, Episode 21, right there at the Hub. You can click it on there and go uh, get the entertaining conversation between Jody, uh, Hall of Famer Jody Moose Redlander of the Minnesota Vixen and Aaron Redwood-Truits of the Champion Boston Renegades uh, with producer Marissa McCool. So check it out right there, Episode 21 of Cleat Cheat, right there at the Hub at Facebook.com for Beauties. We also have NFL Fantasy um, Prep for you. So as we go into the season, we will dive into each week in terms of fantasy. If you play fantasy football, if you play on NFL.com, you play on Yahoo Sports, or you play uh, you know on ESPN. There's a lot of avenues you can play. Um, I obviously play more of a gambling mentality, which is DraftKings and FanDuel and uh, Monkey Night Fight, of course. And so uh, you can go to those uh, aspects of it. But sporting news, CBS Sports, NFL.com, it's going to be your resources. We will uh, week to week, we will get you updated and get you going on it in terms of if you need some help with your league or get, need some help with your betting or need some help with your uh, you know fantasy uh, rostering for the season. So it's really exciting to put that into perspective as we get into the NFL season. Uh, overseas, I don't know what's going to happen with, uh, in Australia. Uh, there's issues in Mexico right now because of the COVID uh, Delta variant in Mexico being very severe. Also, lockdowns in Australia, probably not going to happen there. Um, so it's going to be kind of an wait and see. We were anticipating uh, Great Air New South Wales. We're also, we were anticipating Grand Queensland to start, but at this point, everything's reserved. We were also anticipating Lafay to kick off, and it looks like now it's going to be on hold, expecting FX Mexico to kick off, and that's going to be on hold. Lexva on hold. So uh, this whole pandemic has really just crushed in terms of the sport in terms of like the excitement that we were building up prior to this whole COVID-19 uh, we had, uh, you know, an exciting season here in the U.S. Uh, it was you know, kind of blessed to have that uh, with the WFA and the WNFC, uh, giving us the excitement that we had for the uh, summer. But overseas, it's been kind of like tough for certain countries, especially Australia and Mexico. Um, so, you know, blessed to have the U.K. girls uh, balling out up there in um, in uh, the United Kingdom as well and also uh, in Finland and in Sweden. So uh, anticipating Germany is going to be kind of a lockdown mode as well don't know what Austria is going to look like, and we have no idea what the Czech Republic is going to look like at this point. There was some action in Italy, from what I was told. So a lot of changes have happened overseas in terms of this whole pandemic. Hopefully everybody's staying safe, wearing your mask, uh, getting vaccinated. Um, If you haven't gotten vaccinated, obviously make sure you're uh, mindful of uh, social distancing and making sure that you're aware of wearing your mask as well so you can stay uh, clean out and uh, safe. Uh, nobody wants to, you know, go to the hospital and um, and nobody wants to pass away. So uh, nobody wants to have that happen to anybody, uh, especially with family members and things that are happening. So be safe, be mindful, uh, you know, pay attention to uh, guidelines and all that. And then uh, hopefully we will get uh, the women's football community on the international level to open up in Australia, to open up in Mexico. Um, but uh, thank you to the European girls. Thank you to all everybody in Europe that obviously is, a- is able to play and uh, giving us uh, excitement for the sport, just like the WFA and the WNFC did here in the state. So we're going to be going into the uh, Monkey Night Five huddle here in a couple minutes. Uh, we're going to be going to with uh, Amanda Hillman. So uh, don't forget to go to dot 5com Use the code NJF. You get a uh, $5 free play up to a $100 match. So especially for the NFL season, uh, you go right there. You can make uh, great money. So if you put in a five dollar play, you're gonna ba- basically make almost three times your money. So it's about fifteen dollars. Put in three hundred, you're gonna make about nine hundred dollars. So if your intuition is good and you're able to do that, you're gonna make some quick uh, cash for yourself. So go to mikingi5.com, use the code NJF, and get started today. I want to uh, thank everybody that went to the shop this weekend. We have twenty five percent off uh, from August sixth almost to the tenth. Really appreciate everybody going to the No Joke Football Shop at uh, zazzle.com for slash Bernard beauties and uh, uh, getting all the cool stuff from our shop. Uh, every sale that uh, you that you purchase from the shop helps support and uh, us spotlight another talented athlete that plays women's American football uh, internationally as well as domestically. So thank you everybody for supporting the uh, amazing athletes that play the sport uh, with and also supporting your NoJo football gear. So really appreciate it. So go to. Uh, the Zazzle.com, 4-slash Gridiron Beauty Shop, the Nojo Football Shop, use the code there. And I believe today, uh, for one day only today, the 25% off is still up. And it's Tuesday, I believe, shop, Tuesday Shop. You use that code there. If you go to the, the shop, you'll see the code right there. So we're going to go into the uh, Monkey Night Fight Huddle, sponsored by Monkey Night Fight. Like I said, use code NJF and get started at Monkey Night Fight. And we're going to be talking to the MVP, offensive MVP of the nine cup and that in a minute here, it's going to be the uh, Amanda Hillman.
0: is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. The worst expect greatness.
1: Expect greatness from our preparation. To the way we born, to the way we sign, expect great. Expect it from yourself, expect it from your teammates, expect it from this team. We fall, we kill, we eat. Let's go. Hey, energy, emotion, play back, play for each other. That's it. Let's go get it. Here we go. One, two. two, three, four, five.
2: Amanda, what's going on? Thanks for coming on to the podcast. Really appreciate it. Amanda, are you on right now? Let's see if Amanda's on there. Let's find out if she's on. That was her on there. So let me double check here. Sorry about that. Let's see if she's on here right now. Let's see. I'll get her on here. All right, here we go. See if she's on with us. And I think that's correct. I think that's her number. Yep, that's her number. All right. Hi, Amanda, are you on? Can you hear me? Amanda, are you on? Can you hear me? All right. See here. She should be on. Um my search not having a great time here, so let's try it again. All right. Amanda, are you on? Let's see, is she on? Yeah, she's on. I don't know what's going on here. Alright, let's see if we can get her on. All right, let's go. So we'll see if she can uh, get her on, see if she's on there. Uh, we're going to try to get her on right now. I think we're having a little bit of a problem with Switchboard, so I apologize to everybody here, but she's going to try to call back here in, in a minute or two, and then we'll get her on to and start the interview here. So uh, it doesn't happen often, but sometimes it happens. Uh, you're live, Switchboard happens. Things do happen that way. So, uh, But we're going to get her on here, get the excitement going here. Let's see if she's on right now, and let's get her going. <laughs> Hi Amanda, how you doing?
3: Hey, good. How are you?
2: Good. I don't know what happened there. It's probably our switchboard. Something happened there where we couldn't connect right. All that. Um, how was your gotcha. uh, How was your weekend?
3: Um, it's been great. Um, absolutely phenomenal. Better than I could have ever imagined.
2: So. All right. So had Amanda. family in town. Uh, everybody Everybody watched Landry missing some catches, but you didn't miss any catches. You were just dominant. That was awesome. <laughs>
3: I have back, but I mean one in particular, but um yeah, other than that it it was probably one of the best games that I've I've played.
2: Now, Amanda coming into this weekend uh against San Diego, we we pretty much knew uh what their defense was going to be like and how, you know, they were kind of mustered in, coming battle tested, you know, taking down Las Vegas and Utah. Uh what was what was your your guys's message from the coaches coming into this game? Was it just, you know, usual business for you guys at this point or you guys focused on something for, from them?
3: Um, just usual business, you know, we uh go over scouting reports. Um started scouting them a couple weeks, you know, a couple weeks ago. Um talking about their fronts and their, you know, cover 2 and cover 3. Um And we knew kind of from the beginning, we thought that I would be open a lot more from the slot position, um, just based on, you know, who was covering me at number 55. Um, Mm -hmm. So we kind of knew, uh, we knew that a lot of the wheel routes and everything like that would be open uh, for me from the slot position, which is, um, I like to think that that's my bread and butter. So, (laughs) Um, yeah, it it was a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, and um, I mean, you had a lot of uh, separation. You know, it was good separation every time you were you were getting to that mode, and and you were focus uh, of the offense for most of the night. You know, if it wasn't for uh, a couple throws over to um, to Landry, and then a couple of the run game with uh, Destiny, uh, but other than that, uh, most of the focus was on yours. So I mean, I think they kind of coaches kind of your coach kind of figured out that you were the go-to person because of the fact that you guys, you were getting so wide open as well. And you were, your separation was so good.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And she played so far off me. We knew um, early on that a lot of the, our crossing routes um, would definitely come in handy for that. So.
2: Now tell me about the, uh, the atmosphere um, you're coming into this week. Uh, I, have you been at this moment before or is this what, how many years have you been playing on the team?
3: Um, so, with the Texas Elite Spartans, I've been there since the beginning. I've been playing since 2009. I started with the Diamonds um, and then, you know, played played one year for the Dallas Elite and was injured uh, and out for two years and then came back to the Spartans um, in 2018. So, um, I've definitely been here before. You know, I was in the, the um, Best of the West tournament, uh, played in the 9 Cup in 2019. So... Um, but even, I mean, even being there before, it's still, it's very nerve-wracking either way. <laughs> it's just a big game and lots of pressure, especially being in front of your home crowd.
2: Yeah, and, and it just becomes kind of a build-up situation. But this weekend was huge because it was more of a of an actual conference event type mentality around around the championship. Usually in women's tackle football, we don't get that. You know, we usually get just, okay, you're going to show up, there's the game, and we're good. But this year, it's kind of different. It was kind of nice to have the panels, right, the, the, uh, the girls' flag right. tournament as well. You had Patrick Willis, Marshawn Lynch. You had Sarah Fuller. There's a lot of excitement mm-hmm. in terms of, like, certain uh, you know, uh, positions that you can learn skills at. Uh, you also had opportunity to just go into certain panels about the future of the sport and what things are going to be try to you know, build on at this point. Um, so, and then you have the all-pro yep. game, too. So it was a, kind of like a a whole different uh, environment, right? It's kind of like NFL-like environment, or in that sense. So I think uh, you know, hats off to everybody that at the WNFC that did their their part this weekend because it was I know it's a lot of work to put things together like that. So, but as a player, yeah. did you, did, were you in awe of all of everything that was ha- happening around you?
3: I was,
1: I was, yeah. <clears throat>
3: um, you know, we went to the, the fan fest on Friday night and watched the flag flag girls play, and just. You know, everything that they had there, they had, um, th- little throwing drills and they had sponsors there, you know, with booths giving out, uh, free merchandise and, um, the, you know, we got uh, free gear from Adidas and that was absolutely amazing. It always blows my n- mind that, you know, they're still, a- that they're a sponsor and that we have that, like a major brand that's supporting us and backing us. So. And then with the championship breakfast on Saturday morning, that was seeing everybody who came out and supported, you know, and having all the panels and everything there. Definitely learned a lot and took a lot away from that.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The atmosphere was different. Um, I, You know, I missed it because of other things that happened with me. But uh, other than that, I had everybody there that was giving me feedback on it, and everybody was really excited about all the uh, events that happened there and you had you know star power basically. Jen Walter was there. You had Sarah Fuller. You got you know Patrick Willis, Marshawn Lynch. I mean, you had a lot of like football big names at the event, which was really nice to have. Um, what was the atmosphere at the stadium when you got there? Was it was it uh, pretty exciting? Everybody's waiting. Can it? Yeah,
3: yeah. There was a lot of people still in the stands um, from watching the All Star game uh, that was previous to the to the championship. Um, and when we came out of the locker room to, you know, officially start the game, looking up into the crowd and seeing, it was, I mean, the stadium was, you know, full on one side from end to end. And I, I was telling uh, my family that came down this weekend that I'm um, 95% positive. That's by far the biggest crowd I've ever played in front of, um, you know, which kind of amps up your nerves even a little bit more. So, but it was a great atmosphere, um, you know, and you could hear people cheering in the crowd from San Diego, from Texas, and, yeah, it was great, great atmosphere.
2: All right, so Amanda, was this was this one of the best performances for you in terms of a championship game? I know you know in other games, you know people don't get the you know the accolades because either you're you're blocking or or you're you know creating lanes for other people. But is this one of your your highest you know performances in terms of a football player on a big scale like this?
3: Yeah, definitely, it definitely was. Um, you know, and I came into the game, um, I didn't have a bad season, uh, per se, but I also, you know, I didn't have uh, a ton of catches. I only had one touchdown during the regular season, and so to come in and, and score the first two touchdowns was, um, it was very, I don't know. I can't explain the feeling that, you know, that you get from that, but, um, yeah. I sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> no,
2: no worries. I mean you so your a totally exciting moment for you uh once you got the first once you got the first TD uh it's sort of like for us fans we're like okay here we go again they're they're going to start to roll right <laughs> cuz literally that's what you guys right, have been yeah. able to do all season but uh but there was some resistance and defensively the the rebellion did come up with some keep key plays right uh didn't give you every catch there was def- some some defenses on there uh and some contestants yeah. uh also so that was kind of unique to see, but, you know, we kind of expected that in a big game like this where, you know, nothing's going to be given to you.
3: Right. Yeah. They definitely had some big key stops, Um, you know, made us punt the ball a lot more than than we wanted to and than what we're used to. So.
2: And what is the significance over 87? Is there any, do you have anything that you can tell the fans about what, what sporting 87 is Uh, or is it just. It's an 87 jersey, and that's it?
3: Um, so, 80, so, it's not um, nothing crazy. So, 87 was just the year that I was born. Um, my rookie mm-hmm. season, when I started with the diamonds, you know, they kind of gave me a, a range of numbers that I could pick from, and 87 happened to fall in that range, so I figured it was it was mm-hmm. a good number to pick. Um, and it's stayed with me ever since. I love it. It's I wear a necklace every day with 87 on it, and it's just, you know, it's, it's my number to tell everybody it's a good conversation starter. You know, people ask if it has any significance, so then it, it kind of opens up the conversation to be able to tell them and educate them a little bit about women's football because, you know, the majority of people have never never heard of it, didn't know it exists. It's great to get that information out there.
2: All right. In your career, have you, you know, if you look back at your career right now up to this point, I think we've, you would have to say we've evolved a lot, right? In terms of oh, just the way much, the league yes. have grown and the attention and, and now you're, you were on TV, literally on broadcast all year. Isn't that awesome? I was like, we ne- we have never heard that.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. That was the first time ever in uh, women's football history that all, all uh, games have been live streamed, um, which is phenomenal. And it's gonna it's only con- gonna continue to get better, it's gonna continue to get easier for people to watch us, um, which is definitely gonna up the exposure a lot more.
2: Now you've been you've been playing for OJ uh and that coaching staff for, for a while now, so I mean, what can you say about them in terms of their you know, their putting the time and the effort to get you guys ready?
3: They definitely they do the absolute most. Like they're, they prepare us every single week. You know, we get scouting reports usually um, Tuesday or Wednesday. We get film, uh, film sessions in, and then we do, you know, scout for each other at practices. Um, they just they go above and beyond every single week. You know, it doesn't matter who our opponent is. It doesn't matter, you know, everybody's saying, well, you know, you're playing so-and-so, you're just going to blow them out the water. That doesn't matter. You still We still prepare the same way no matter who it is. It doesn't matter who's on the other side of the field from us. Um, our coaching staff is going to educate us on them and give us the, the best game plan that they can.
2: Now you have a, a coach slash owner of the league. Does it? Does it? When you look at her, does it give you like a chill or something? Because I know some people have told me that if you know, they take a look at OJ and they sometimes they give it gives them chills because she's <laughs> able to give you this huge opportunity with this huge platform now and and there's things that are just evolving. And and not just her, you yeah. know, obviously the, the team behind her as well, because it's, mm-hmm. you know it's a group of people that are making it happen. But it's it just it's been an impressive 2021, especially with all this pandemic stuff coming off of that pandemic stuff.
3: Right. Yeah. I just um, it's hard to explain Odessa to people that haven't met her before, because you just end up basically fangirling over her um, and trying to explain it. But I think one of the best. So uh, my mom and my sister drove down from North Dakota, and um, they came to Fan Fest, and I kind of pon- pointed out Coach O to them, and um, I told them I go, you know, at the end of you know every football me- football movie, there's you know this big huge speech and stuff before they go out for the big game, and I go, we get that from Odessa every single week, constantly before practice, after practice, before games, and it's just um, you. You're just in awe of of everything that she can accomplish and and how hard she works to achieve her goals, and just like her charisma, is amazing.
2: Uh, Amanda, does it draw, does it feed on you guys the fact that you know she's that <laughs> driven and then you guys have you guys have you changed in other words like personally like from where you were at maybe five years ago to now being on this team that has it changed you in your mindset and all that. <laughs>
3: Yeah, it definitely has. It definitely has. Um, I've started working harder not only for football, but, you know, in my personal life and with my career and everything. Um, I moved to – so I moved to Austin, Texas years ago, and so I actually drive back and forth from Austin to Dallas every weekend for practice and games. Um, and when I first moved, I'm not going to lie, um, you know, I knew Odessa, but um, we were kind of just, like, getting in the swing swing of things with her owning the team and everything. And so um, – I wouldn't, I worked out, but not as much as, not nearly as much as I should have. And so it's like the more I started to be around Odessa and the more um, I saw her work, work ethic, it's definitely changed mine. And so now, you know, I'm working out constantly. I, I just want to get better and football is my main focus in my life for the most part.
2: And do you, do you feel like football uh, can relate to, the, to normal life? Because I think it's everybody that's played football at one point or another, it's a team environment. It is the individual responsibility. It is, you know, like you said, individual goals because you got to, you know, come through for the team. But it, it really does equate to, uh, to your normal life, right? Like you just said earlier, with your career, with your family, it's, it's just like you, you want to be able to excel, right? Right.
3: Yeah, it definitely does translate into normal, you know, everyday life
2: with, you know,
3: with your work ethic, like you just said. Um, And with your friendships with people um, outside of football, um, you really start to look at those friendships because everybody, you know, you just said, you know, I work out and I try to improve myself so that I can be better for my teammates on the field. Um, And so you kind of look at your friendships and your relationships that you have outside of that and you try to compare and say, well, you know, are they really you want your friends outside of football to also push you in your, in your life and with your own personal goals and with your career and stuff like that. And you, you want those friends to be in your corner just like your teammates and your sisters are on the football field, if that, if that makes sense.
2: <laughs> oh, of course. Um, Amanda, did you, the defense, you see it every, every week. And when they came out against San Diego, um, uh, putting up a great stop on them for the most part, but uh, we've seen them all year. I mean, oh, uh, you know, uh, OG out there just just a beast on on defense. Uh, just the whole the whole line was really impressive, including uh, uh, D- Dina, who's going to come up here in a couple minutes. But overall, defensively, right. uh, the performance there. What did you see on, from the sidelines? Um,
3: I just thought dominance, basically, like. The way that they can get into the backfield, like, I'm in awe of it every single time. You know, and we, I told a lot of our de- uh, defensive players, like, you know, OG and, and, um, and Gidry, we call her Gidry, and Gelly, you know, it's just, it's impressive to watch them be able to stop a team, you know, in the red zone, let alone within the five-yard line of the end zone, and they stop them for four plays in a row. It's just to me that was the best part of the game was watching that them stop you know stop the San Diego offense from scoring the touchdown.
2: Yeah, it was just just uh, it, it was like they're just they they just get they get angrier I guess at the at that red zone. <laughs> Oh no, it's like you know <laughs> the, do, we're not letting very, you in the door. <laughs>
3: yeah, they're very, they're the sweetest people you ever meet off off of the football field on the football field they will. Do anything kidding, and everything right? to stop you. They're they're no longer nice. <laughs> so even it, you know in practice it's the same thing. So
2: the, the, they, we've they say the been defenses stopping. the de- defenses are Jekylls and Hyde. So I, I guess uh, we'll go with that for <laughs> for defense. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: Yeah. No. No. They were really good. Uh, they, they you know they knew that obviously. The run game. Um, Nenji Martin was going to be the a focus uh, of that offense, as well as Adrian Gutierrez was going to be one of the focuses on that. And then, uh, but the, overall, they did a fantastic job on there uh, as well um, offensively. Uh, what did you think once you guys got up two scores? Um, at this point, it was kind of like clock management, what you guys have done all year. Once you get up, so it was kind of a, a kind of a more of a, I guess, a relaxing state as you come back out after halftime.
3: Um, not necessarily. So, I mean, cause most of the year we go into halftime and you know, we're up 20 something to zero. Um, so we weren't really comfortable. We weren't satisfied with, with only 14 points and a half. Um, there was, we felt like there was definitely, um, some not necessarily turnovers, but you know, they, they made us punt the ball one too many times and we should have had more touchdowns in that, um, going into the half. So we came out wanting to, and we got the ball in the second half to start the half, so we wanted to really come out and score at least one more time, you know, to really give us that good, you know, comfortable lead.
2: Amanda, what a performance on uh, on Saturday! It was awesome, and you you were just just you know on fire, and uh, you know, Bushman to yourself. And there's just a lot of opportunities there yeah. They were dropped, and I know you guys are. I I know Landry. And she was not happy with her performance, of course, because it's just not her customarily. And so, but overall, it was just nice to see right. you uh, make up that difference and really, you know, put put your team uh, ahead. And uh, wow, back to back champions um, in terms of the WNFC. And so, it's got to feel good for you, right?
3: Definitely, it def- it definitely does. Um, you know, we were going into the game. We wanted to just prove that that we belong here and that we, you know. We can come into this this high pressure game and we can still perform at at peak level. And we still look, we still honestly don't think that we're we're at our highest level yet. Um, so there's keep watching. There's more to come from us.
2: Yeah, no, it's just the Atlantic Conference is really a, a, a an improvement from the first year. This past year was a much of improvement. I mean, everybody you know everybody wanted you guys. You, you guys are the bullseye basically. Yeah. Um, you know Alabama, Mississippi. And I think uh, ultimately uh, it's really what we want, right? We want the, uh, competitive football, and you want competitive competition. Yeah, it, so I think it's going to improve.
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely want, you know, closer games and definitely want that more competitive um, competitive game to come out there and, and have to work harder and really earn it.
2: All right, uh, what do you think of next year? Um, are you back, not back? What's what's your whole mindset is? is are you still with are you still with us? Because some people, at the end of every season, everybody's like, I got to think about this. I don't know if I'll be back. But um, are, you, are you coming back until your body oh, gives definitely, out? As
3: they say? Definitely coming back. Yeah, basically until my body gives out, I'll I'll be I'll be coming back every year. All so right. So I still, I still um, like I have a lot a lot more to prove on a personal level. So.
2: Yeah, and it, it was just a it was just a great performance by yourself. Uh, I wanted to bring you on here to give you just due. Uh, and and they, were you surprised you got MVP honors when they announced that?
3: I was, I was, yeah, because I thought it was going to be uh, Brittany Bushman. You know, she, I think you said like you said earlier, she was just she was putting everything on the money. You know, I don't. She didn't have really a bad draw, and I know she did. You know. There, I said there was one that I wanted back, but um, other than that, that was on me. That wasn't even, you know, that was nothing that Bushman did. And she's just a phenomenal player. She has a phenomenal arm, and and she knows where to put it so that only we can get it. So, I definitely thought it was going to be uh, Brittany.
2: Yeah, it was a, it was a a great opportunity for you know to rack up some more points, but it it is what it is, right? Sometimes you just it just gets by you, your hands, all that stuff happens. It's a natural effect, so but uh it was a, right. a great performance on your your team offensively. Uh the line uh I think everybody was gasping for like oh no when Dillo went down cuz everybody's like oh this is not good. But that that was yeah. one of the moments I think we all remember.
3: Yeah, we were, you know, of course it's always nerve-wracking when when your starting center goes down cuz I heard I forget who I heard say it, but they're like the quarterback of the offensive line, so you know, they lead them. But um we definitely have a great leader in Black. As well, Lucinda Black Watkins. Um, so she really stepped and really, really came through for us while Dilla was out. Um, so we definitely, and that's and that's one of the things about our offense is, you know, if somebody goes down, somebody else is always there um, to come up behind them and pick up the slack. So, you know, we our coach always says every single weekend, you know, no, we don't need any heroes. There's there's enough talent on this team to go around. So.
2: But to the good point, because if you start to look at a full roster, it really is boils down to that. Because at some point, you're going to get your opportunity. That's just what it boils down to, right? Even if you're on starting, at some point, you know uh, things do happen on that field. You, you might not think so, but at some point, somebody's going to have to step up and and be the difference maker there. So, um, what what a what a weekend! Uh, you know, we watched it. I watched it on Vire Sports, which was awesome and we got to watch everything there and uh, and a lot of people watched it on direct tv and uh, also on you know cable outlets which was uh, really really mm-hmm. awesome we so got a lot of positive feedback from not just your performance but all, overall uh, of the game we we are we really knew you guys were coming in to take it because it was just like the, the whole season you guys have been on fire and uh besides the uh you know the the matchup against Alabama and the matchup against Mississippi which was pretty uh pretty nice to see as well competitive in terms of those, right. those layoffs. but uh overall uh congratulations to you your performance and um 9 cup champions Texas Elite Spartans back to back champions <laughs> Texas Elite Spartans
3: Yeah be elite
2: All right uh that's a hashtag i believe right so just let everybody it know is, about it that. it is yeah hashtag be
1: elite.
2: Yeah Hashtag a yeah, um you, to- you can uh, you can tell the fans where they can uh follow you on IG uh, what's your handle on IG so fans can dive into you and the Texas Elite Spartans?
3: So um, my handle on IG is Pandanator87. So it's just like Tell Panda, P-A-N-D-A, N-A-T-O-R.
2: How, how did that come about? I got That's interesting. Uh, how did that come about?
3: <laughs> so when I uh, first started playing football for the Diamonds back in 2009, I um, was working at State Farm in the mailroom. And um, I had a lot of coworkers that were very supportive of me, and they always um, called me Panda. And so when um, when I started playing football, um, they thought that I be, had become more aggressive, you know, I guess just because I'm out hitting people now. Um, so they kind of came up with a nickname for me, um, and I ended up, you know, changing my Instagram handle to that. Um, and it's just kind of stuck with me ever since. Um, if people on the team call me Panda um, or White Chocolate, just kind of depends. Nobody, nobody really calls me Panda Nader, but they do call me Panda, yeah, or White Chocolate. So.
2: All right. I well, I can tell you right now, what an uh, impressive uh, performance at the Nine Cup! Uh, you'll go down in history, obviously, as the MVP. So that's a great accolade to have as well. And so, uh, Texas Elite Spartans uh, looking for the uh, to be the first 3 three-peat champion in the WNFC as we go towards 2022 so uh I guess your off season has already started right?
3: so went and worked out this morning uh about to get get back into it get back out to the field and start working on footwork and everything tomorrow so and I know a lot of the teammates and a lot of my teammates are the same seasons starting all over yeah, again gonna, right now
2: I, I you guys are the i the uh you know the what do you call it the target for 2022 as and i know you guys are no stranger to that as most of your uh most of your uh fellow teammates have told me before they they enjoy the fact that you're the target because it's just going to make the league better and better so you know come for it as they say
3: yeah yeah exactly yeah that's your game up that's uh you know the the slogan of the wnsc and you know we just we can't wait for for more competition in 2022
2: all right, so Amanda, we got NFL starting this uh, preseason this week. So uh, you got a favorite NFL team?
3: I do. I'm a, a Philadelphia Eagles fan.
2: Okay, what do you what do you think? This whole shift <laughs> of Wentz out the door, your quarterback. I mean, you got you got to be like, oh, well, what's going on here? <laughs>
3: um, I so I'm kind of happy that Wentz is out the door. Like I said, you know, I'm from North Dakota, and so is Wentz. Um, he had a good, couple good seasons, but um, I'm kind of happy we're moving on. So, but we'll we'll see what what this season brings for us. Hopefully, hopefully it's better than last season. I can say that much.
2: Yeah, and you being in Texas around all these cowboy fans, I don't know. That's just a that's over. You know, <laughs> you get to that stage where you feel overwhelmed. <laughs> just
3: yeah,
2: I'm in California, yeah, so I sometimes I get overwhelmed. Uh,
3: yeah, I definitely get a lot of crap for being an Eagles fan, especially, yeah, being here with the Cowboys.
2: <laughs> for sure, I know. Uh, I'm in Northern Cal and it's all Niner country and I'm a Ram fan, so I always get the looks and
1: the stares. Mm-hmm.
2: And I'm like, hey, you know, it's always the works. But, uh, yeah, yeah. No, it's going to be a great great season as well. So, um, anticipation for 2022, great, uh, great uh, nine-cup victory for you and your team and a great season overall for the WNFC. And so you are a an amazing athlete that has, you know, showcased the best uh, amazing uh, football uh, at the highest level of women's tackle football in terms of this year. So you guys, congratulations to the full season, the, the streaming of the games and your performance uh, in the nine cup.
3: Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
2: Have a great night. Thanks again for coming in. I really, really appreciate it. Enjoy your off season and we'll see you on the field in 2022.
3: All right, sounds good. Thank you.
2: All right, guys, that was Amanda Hillman, uh, the offensive MVP of the nine cup. And so uh, she was, what a performance there, um, took care of business, put her team on her back, and also, you know, got the win, back-to-back champions at this point. So we're going to go from one uh, uh, MVP to another. We're going to have the defensive MVP of the nine cup here, Adina Gidry, coming up here in a, couple, in a minute here
0: is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy-to-play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Nightfight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. And
2: Dina, how's it going tonight? Hi Dina, are you on?
4: Hello, how are you?
2: Good. How's it going tonight? Thanks for making the time for me. I really appreciate it.
4: Absolutely. Of course. Thanks for having me on.
2: Yeah, I, I don't think we've talked since the uh, Hall of Fame game. That was the last time I think we took our photo off and I was trying to remember that, and that. I think I was back in Vegas.
4: Yes, you are correct. That's right.
2: Yeah. And look at you now in Texas. San Diego to Texas. I
4: am. San Diego to Texas. (laughs) And I'm loving it. Um, It was a great experience this year. Uh, Completely new team, new coaches, uh, new organization, and exactly what I needed just me personally and for my career as well.
2: Well, you know what? Coming into this uh, whole season, it was a different type of atmosphere because we didn't know what to expect with like the pandemic and all the guidelines and everything else. But, you know, we did have a complete season, which is a blessing in itself. So what did you think of the whole season in itself in terms of the league in your eyes?
4: I think it was great. I think they pulled it off. Um, The WNFC did some amazing things this year, um, making sure that everybody was able to complete their season, um, putting together a wonderful playoff. And then (laughs) um, if, if you saw, I don't know how much you saw, coming from the weekend, the nine-cup weekend, but the Fan Fest to the high school um, flag football game, it was amazing. And then, of course, all the support that we got from um, the facilities and, you know, Adidas, it, the vendors, it was amazing. Uh, I've never seen anything like it in my, my years of playing football.
2: And now everybody was telling me the feedback was, this was a, a different atmosphere than, than anybody has ever experienced you know in the in, in 10 years right some some of some players have been playing almost 20 years and so to be at the at the Nine Cup all the feedback that i got was this was more like a, a like a major conference like when you go to like a you know a, a electronic conference or you go to any major conference it was kind of like a conference feel with the game being added on to it so it's really awesome to see the fact that there's vendors that are interested for the event and there's also the opportunity for obviously more relationships
4: Absolutely, it was. It was very professional and, like I said, something that I had never seen before in women's football, which, of course, you know, lights that fire in everyone. And now, you know, you have people who may have quit that want to come back. You have people who, you know, have been playing for years that are saying, oh, maybe one more year. You know, it it feeds off of each other, and so we just want to continue to build a brand.
2: Yeah, and you're no stranger to championships, uh, especially with San Diego, but uh, coming on to this team here, uh, did you expect anything different or was it something that surprised you here with this with this uh, new coaching staff and this team in, in itself for you?
4: You know what? There, there was a surprise. Um, from the outside looking in, it does seem like, you know, Texas is, has always been a powerhouse, you know, um, but you never see what goes into creating that powerhouse until you're actually on the inside. And, There's just one thing that really just stood out to me um, that Coach Jenkins had told us, and she said, we're a bunch of Davids. Like, people think we're a Goliath, but we're not. We're a bunch of Davids that come together to make a Goliath, and that is 1,000% true. Um, We have our issues, you know, our injuries, and, you know, life happens to us just like everyone else, Um, but the only difference is that we can come together and make it work, Uh, and that's from the top all the way down to the bottom. So from the people who may not play as much in practice, you know, they make sure we get our looks all the way up to OJ and Dillo who make sure we have everything that we need from a coaching standpoint and admin standpoint. So put it all together, it's it's very difficult to beat.
2: Yeah, and, and the transition from one, you know, aspect, the best of the West, to creating the WNFC and now two years later and having virus sports. On viewership and things like that, and you—you—you've been around like like I've been around. You know, we've never had that before. We've never had a full season broadcasted, which was uh, obviously an achievement in itself. We've always had the YouTube video or you know highlight videos or something like that, but never a full season. So, I mean, d- does it blow your your mind at this point? The first, you're part of that. You're part of history of the first full season of women's tackle football actually broadcast live.
4: It does, it does, because um, like you said, we there's several of us that's been around for a long time, you know, where basically we got high fives, that's it. Um, you know, you heard about, you know, the games from people who were there that called someone else. Everyone wasn't able to watch the games, you know, if they lived out of town or out of state, and the outlook that Byron and the other streaming networks give us, it's, amazing to get the word out and i have people from back home in illinois that hit me up and they're like oh my gosh you know like you're still playing and you know like you're out there killing it and it's like yeah we're doing it for a reason we're doing it to continue to build we want to really take this someplace and you only get a couple of chances um to do something big and so each chance and opportunity we get we're trying to make it as big and as vibrant as possible
2: all right, Ina, you know uh, Nenji Martin. You know what she's all about. You not, no stranger there. Uh, before this game, anticipation. What did you, what what were you guys game planning for on the off uh, offensively for the rebellion?
4: Uh, well, you know, Ag is a super good little running back. She's um, very quick, um, and her skill level has definitely increased since uh, I played with her in San Diego. <clears throat> Um, and Ninji, you know, converting from linebacker to quarterback, um, which is something that I did a couple of years ago uh, with the San Diego surge, I know how difficult that that can be, and I see the work that she has done just from the past few years um, in you know developing that skill. What we wanted to do was we wanted to basically shut down the run uh, we didn't we didn't want to let them on the outside and if they did get outside, then we're stringing it out. Um, we wanted to make sure that we were aggressive. Um, we wanted to come out and, you know, let them know that this was going to be a dogfight. It wasn't going to be easy. Um, they had done very great things. You know, they went 8-0, and and that's amazing. Um, but we wanted to make sure that we set the tone for the game and let them know that we were the real deal.
2: Oh, yeah, and, and, and it was impressive for you guys up front defensively to kind of stop uh, Adriana Gutierrez and uh, really put a, kind of a, a cap on the receiving end in terms of passes. And it just kind of, it became one of these things where you literally forced Nanji Martin to be the focus of the offense, which is in itself pretty impressive on your, on your side.
4: Yeah, everyone had their job. And that was one of the things that impresses me the most about Terra squad. Um, that's our defense. It's that everyone has a job. And you don't have to go out there and try to be a hero. You don't have to go out there and try to make the big, huge plays. If you do your job, those plays are going to come to you. And you actually depend on the person next to you to do their job. And so if you're not doing – If they're not doing their job, then you can't do yours. And so it kind of trickles down. And I think everybody knows this, but on this squad, it's really taken to heart. You do your job, and it's going to work out. And I think we proved that enough where we trust each other to do our individual jobs so that collectively it comes together and, you know, we get the big plays, we get the small plays, we get the stops that we need.
2: Yeah, it showed on there on the edges uh, with OG really, uh, you know, muscling, on that one sideline, and then yourself coming through in the middle for the penetration. So it really worked out really well for you guys in terms of uh, pressuring uh, Nenji to kind of foul or forcing the throw that didn't want to be forced to throw. And uh, But they was a pretty impressive there on, on that end. And they also had some fire on them. They had a Katie out there giving, giving the big hits as well, and, and that they're trying to get the run game going for them. But it just didn't happen, especially with your girl Amanda you know, getting herself in the groove uh, offensively, that just kind of put a damper on them.
4: Yeah, Bushman was on fire. She had some really good passes, some really good looks, and the receivers did a great job in bringing them in. And the running backs, you know, like I can't say enough. Um, It's kind of like what you guys said a little earlier. We have so just so many weapons that you have to stop. And, again, everyone does their job, and it comes together beautifully.
2: Yeah, it was an impressive uh, performance on in terms of the red zone. That was just, <laughs> uh, like I was telling Amanda right now, it's like you either get angry or just nobody's coming into the house. It's like he's locked doors for you guys on, in terms of the red zone.
4: Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's, you know, what defenses are made of. That's what we're supposed to do, right? And so it doesn't matter if we're in the middle of the field or on the red zone, like we have a job to do. And, yeah, It's more difficult in the red zone, but that's where we shine. And if we're really the defense that, you know, people say we are, if we're really the defense that we think we are, then, you know, we're going to shut down that red zone the way that we need to in order to limit the number of scores. And I think we did a great job in doing that.
2: Yeah, it was really impressive shutdowns right there, forcing them to on turnovers. They made their own mistakes, unfortunately. That also was kind of a benefit to you guys too because they they didn't play as as well with some of the mistakes that they made. But uh, overall, the performance defensively was really stout, and it showed on there. And that's the reason you guys, you know, punched it in for 27 to 6, holding them to only 6 points, which is really impressive. Um, so the atmosphere for you, the team atmosphere for you, the traveling and everything, uh, it was really that great for mm-hmm. you, The making all the, you know, flights in, flights out, you know, practices and all <laughs> that stuff.
4: Again, like you never see what goes on behind the scenes, but I'll tell you it's work. It's definitely work going from California to Texas. And then for a while there, I even drove um, a couple of times to make it, but it's dedication. Either you want to do it or you don't, you know, you want to commit or you don't. And we have a team full of people who do want to commit, who show up every practice, you know, whether they have to drive or travel or not. And it, it becomes, you become a part of that community, it's a part of that culture. you know it's what you expect and so i mean i'm no, I'm no um stranger to traveling. you know, I traveled down to San Diego for years and years um, and with traffic, it's about just as long, if not shorter, to fly <laughs> to Texas <laughs> sometimes so um my my heart and my head was definitely with the team. Um, with the Texas Lee Spartans. And it's something that I really look forward to doing that I really want to do. And, um, you know, having Liz out there helped out a lot as well.
2: Yeah, no, she didn't have such a great performance game, but uh, we, we knew that if she wasn't going to have it, that obviously somebody else was going to contribute. And there, there, there was the difference, as Amanda said, you know, it was just an opportunity for somebody else to step up and You know, make a difference on it. So it was really good offensively, and made that. And she's always been the focus, the focal point for the defense on the other side. And I think that's one of the reasons that also that they were kind of eyeing her first, and gave gave Amanda the opportunity, obviously, to make make that difference for the scoring as well. So it was really interesting to see that. Uh, San Diego, what do you say of San Diego's season? You've seen them from afar. Now you see them. Now you saw them live. What do you think of San Diego for 2022? What do you think they'll, they'll be back?
4: Um, They really put together a really good team. Um, I I commended Ninji on, you know, developing the team that she had and, you know, really taking them far and bringing them all the way to the championship. Um, I know a lot of people counted them out and didn't think that that was going to happen. Just like us, they'll have a couple of teams that, you know, are going to try to get in the way uh, of their championship run. Um, So... Depending on you know who comes back and who who they can recruit you know that can change everything. Um, but I think they have a strong a strong chance of coming back to the championship next year.
2: Yeah, I think that that's the key. That the Pacific has really gotten tough in in that sense. Uh, they're the focus point with Utah. Um, how how impressed uh, were you with the Atlantic Conference? You know, Mississippi much improved, Alabama much improved. Uh, I'm pretty sure Philly is going to be much improved next year, and you also you also have Washington. It's going to be much improved. Atlanta, uh, so on that side of, in terms of your your conference, it's it's going to. I think uh, everybody's going to be eyeing for you guys a lot tougher, and I think they're going to be much improved in 2022 as well.
4: Absolutely, I think it goes across the board. Um, the Atlantic Division. Oh my goodness, um, there's so much potential over there, and. I I have to say that I definitely um, was surprised to see, you know, the amount of athletes that are there coming from the Pacific. And I've always played on the Pacific side, you know, for the 12 plus years. I didn't know any different. Um, All the teams this year are a little different, you know, with COVID and, you know, people retiring, um, people not coming back, injuries, you know, everything, every team had, you know, some sort of impact and, what we're developing now, it's kind of like everyone is developing at the same time, so they're getting better and better and better and better. And on the, on the Atlantic side, um, I definitely think there's a couple of things to look out for. Um, the Mississippi quarterback is an amazing athlete. I think, um, you know, they're, they'll continue to develop her, and she's going to definitely be a force to be reckoned with. Um, you know, we have <clears throat> Alabama absolutely you know they scored um they scored on us first and i think that they you know they once they get some development under their wings then, you know they'll be uh even a more a bigger force to be reckoned with as well um kansas city they're a young team you know they're coming up you know um so it's like you see the future it may not be here right now but it's definitely coming and it's definitely getting stronger
2: the so one thing that I took away from this season and uh, you just alluded to was there's a bunch of uh, talented young QBs still m- maturing, which is a great thing for a league because it literally almost every football league runs on QBs. You know, the, the just the fact that, oh, it's a quarterback and it's a great quarterback, right? But I think the re- reality is right there. Mississippi's got a really young quarterback. you got Alabama. Almost every Atlantic team has a really young quarterback. So the, the potential is there for – uh, you know, very, very good competition, e- even between those teams, too, not just yourselves, but between them, themselves, each other in that sense.
4: Yeah. And if you look at the teams, like a lot of teams are just, you know, a couple of people away, a couple of positions away from being, you know, a completely different team. Um, and we can possibly see different outcomes as well. But, of course, that includes us, too. And we're not going to let go of that title anytime soon. Um, you're going to have to fight us for it for sure.
2: Now, um, you know, you, you've been here before. What's, what title number is this for you, if you combine all your <laughs> championships?
4: Oh, <laughs> ah, that's the funny part. This is only number two. <laughs> this is my second well, no, championship win. But right? I've been in – 2012 was my first, mm-hmm. and this yeah. is my second. Um, I've had several appearances, but we didn't win, and that was several times due to Texas, a Texas team, Um and once to a Chicago team and once – oh, I'm sorry, not the Chicago team. We beat the Chicago team. Um, but once to the Boston team. Yeah, and it's it's, it's been
2: impressive uh, to see the evolution of the sport coming in here now and where we're at in terms of both leagues, not just the WNFC, but the WFA this year too with everything that they did as well. So it's, it's kind of promising to see that maybe at some point the big gorilla is going to see value and hopefully, you know, we're going to get the players to actually get paid. Uh, and hopefully we get a, we, we'll get a foundation going here. With, I think we're at a stage where I was talking to a couple uh players that have no longer playing. They said, you know, we're probably – at women's tackle football is at a stage where the, the AFL and the NFL in the early 70s was. But so there's two different leagues. And at some point, there's got to be some sort of unification, right, for like 30 teams at some point and put the best of the best out there to do it. So hopefully, you know, our wish will come true where we can – you know, put together a 30, 30 great teams just like the NFL has, but on the women's side, and, and our players will get paid at some point.
4: Well, that's the whole goal, right? That's the, that's the goal, to put a product out there that, you know, people enjoy, that people love to see, um, and that the women can get paid, you know, just like the guys get paid. Um, that's what we're working for. That's why we're out here. That's why, you know, we sacrifice so much. Uh, is to bring that into fruition for you know the little girls of the you know of the future of the football future, and they 're here already they 're ready i mean i don't know if you saw those girls playing high school um in the yeah. fly tournaments, but it's it's coming they 're coming they want it um there's been several camps that you know Jud and Walter puts on that we helped out with as well and these little girls, they're freaking amazing. <laughs> and they have that fire like we have, only they're getting started sooner, which is something that, you know, is always a benefit to the sport.
2: I think it's a nationwide. We're uh, working towards it. You know, Florida's really upscaled with that. Uh, Texas really matured with that. There's a couple in major states. If Once they get on board, I think it'll be a great feeder systems to get it going. And I, I think FLAG is really uh, the way to go to introduce you know, women and girls to the sport before they get to tackle. It's a really good initiative to do it that way, you know, to, to introduce the sport in that sense, uh, in terms of flag. And flag is competitive. Uh, you know that, uh, I mean, it's like there's a lot of conditioning people do.
4: Yeah, flag is competitive, but there's nothing like tackle. And I definitely would like to see it start moving um from flag. I know we have to develop flag first, and I think they're doing that by putting it, you know, in the NAIA. <clears throat> but I want to see more girls tackle, um, playing tackle football, you know, Pop Warner um, on up through high school, you know, and whether it's a league of our own or it's something else. um, I do think FLAG is a good introduction, but I want to to see them tackle so that they have the same advantages and the same skill set and the same teachings and coachings that the boys have when they're five years old.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I hope we'll get to that level at some point. But, uh, you know, baby steps for everything, as they say, baby steps yep. for everything. we gotta get, got to get, you know, gotta, we got to, we're crawling. We've Crawl got to we gotta grow, get to that walk. stage where we're walking, right? We're still crawling at this point. Um, exactly. But thanks for making the time for me today. I really uh, appreciate it. Um, I know you, you had a great performance in that game. Did, did you anticipate the MVP or was it a shock to you?
4: I didn't. It was a shock to me. Um, our whole terror squad, our whole defense had a good game. Uh, Jelly set it off, you know, <laughs> with the sack on the first play and I think um, was angry OG had. traveling
2: it. so much. <laughs> I'm sorry. I said I think she was angry from traveling so much. Because she was in Washington, like <laughs> one of the games. Maybe she took out her aggression Maybe. on the field
4: whatever works right um and OG, she had a great game as always uh grimsley she had some very good tackles that saved some long runs and um a couple of touchdowns uh everybody kind of worked together this game it was it was it was very nice to be on the field and to feel that and to see it um our line you know Bowman and Randall, they were, you know, getting in there as well. I think everybody just did their job. So it was a surprise for me. Um I'm very happy to accept it on behalf of our entire defense, uh, because without them I couldn't do what I do.
2: Yeah, it was really awesome to see you out there and uh just a have a different atmosphere for you because we always get to see you offensively and now we we get to see you on the bat on the other side, which is pretty cool to see uh you know stand out and then you like you said your whole line just just beast out there and that red zone just impressive and it was just a great game all the way around i i think uh we wanted more scoring uh on both sides but overall we already knew coming in we anticipated obviously that you guys were going to be uh the ones putting up the more points but uh it was a great uh great matchup san diego i got to give them credit they they stayed you know focused the whole game. They really wanted to make something happen, but uh, I think the time clock just ran out on them. And so just the way it goes.
4: Yeah, I I give them, I definitely give them kudos for coming out and putting up a strong fight. Um, You know, they had their game plan and, you know, they executed to the best of their ability that day. And, um, I mean, I still, you know, know several other people over there. And, I mean, they fought, they did it, and I'm very proud of them as well.
2: Yeah, it was a great, a great event. Um, I think it's going to just get better from here, um, and it, hopefully, you know, the 2022 Nine Cup uh, Championship weekend is going to be even better because it looks to me like there was a lot of things building in this in this one uh, championship weekend. And uh, where else to have it but football heaven in Texas? <laughs> That's what I was telling everybody. Where are you going to have it? Oh, in Texas. Oh, yeah. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> football heaven.
4: Yeah, the stadiums there are incredible, <laughs> incredible. And, then, like, uh, I know I'll go past a high school, and it will be like, oh, what college is that? And it's like, oh, no, that's a high school. It's like, oh, wow. <laughs> like, I couldn't imagine growing up, you know, um, playing in a stadium like that, playing football, you know, in a stadium like that. But um, hopefully that's the future for the young girls, uh, the next couple of generations.
2: Yeah, I think that's the one thing that kind of – gives you an all right there in texas it's like uh the the facilities are like top knots basically facilities if you go to california you're like okay dirt pile and you don't get it's just it's it's a totally different environment there
4: totally different environment completely different
2: yeah yeah totally different even southern cal doesn't have that atmosphere you know as much as the beaches are out there it doesn't happen that way all right um but I, i appreciate you coming on uh, I hope that you had safe travels back home. you home. I, I'm assuming you're home now, right? Over in Cali. Yeah, I'm in California infected? now. I'm in yeah. California.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So, yeah. Awesome. Um, you still in still in San Diego?
4: Uh, I actually live between L.A. and San Diego, so I live in Orange County.
2: Oh, Orange County. Okay, cool. So you, you get the nice breeze and hopefully the atmosphere there is really nice because the coastal, just like me up here, in, I'm up here in Monterey. It so. is. Yeah, nice, yeah. Really so you really already nice.
4: know. I get the nice breeze. There's uh, beaches everywhere. So I think the closest beach is like seven minutes away. Oh yeah,
2: I'm I'm 15 minutes away from the pier, as they say. So it's really nice uh-huh. to have that luxury to go to the to the coastline. All right, you know, thank you for making the time. I really appreciated. Um, I just a, a great performance by you, uh, Amanda, and your team. Uh, ultimately, you know, winning uh, back-to-back championships. Uh, And it sounds to me like you guys are, you know, setting up for another run. And it's going to just, I think it's going to just make the WNFC as a whole better um, you guys being the target obviously for the league. And then, you know, Utah in itself, and then you got San Diego now that stepped up and Alabama. So there's a, there's a, you know, a lot of excitement going into 2022 with the anticipation, like you said, with all these young, young uh, athletes coming up as well. And one or two positions away, like you were mentioning before. And, the whole thing can shift into a more competitive state.
4: Absolutely. Yes. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
2: All right. Thank you for uh coming on. Have a great evening. Rest up. And uh, we'll see you on the field in 2022. Thank you. Be elite. All right. That was uh, Dina G- uh, Simmons-Gidry, uh, the uh defensive MVP of the nine cup of the WNFC 2021 nine cup as her team, the Texas elite Spartans uh, won 27-6 to 6, uh, versus the San Diego Rebellion. I was in Denton, Texas. If you missed it, I don't know where you were at, but if you missed it, you can get everything at the hub, facebook.com, slash Grand Beauty is right there. There's a link to the WNFC page as well, links to WNFCfootball.com. You also got the links there for anything that's happening with them. Uh, you got some cool videos that were uh, submitted by them out there and uploaded. Um, and uh, Dina was talking about the uh, girls' uh, flag uh, scenery there, so it was a really cool video done there, the Adidas uh, High School um, competition, the event that happened there. And then you also had the huge event that happened all over prior to the game. You also had Marshawn Lynch there. You had uh, Sarah Fuller, uh, Patrick Willis. Um, There was a a, a bunch of vendors in there, including Adidas, obviously, and Riddell, and you had all all that excitement that happened at the event. And then the All-Pro game, was also pretty exciting to see. Um, that was uh, a lot of the uh, talented athletes all over the league on the uh, Pacific side and the Atlantic side as well, and so you got to watch all those athletes convene in Denton, Texas. It was a really exciting weekend. I am anticipating going there next year as well to try to be part of that excitement. But uh, hats off to the uh, WSC Executive Com- uh, Committee and all the people involved to make the event so successful, uh, some of the athletes. Uh, we're very thankful for everything that they've done, uh, put together everything uh, in terms of the event, plus the weekend and the championship. So shout out to the uh, Re- Rebellion and to the Texas Elite Spartans for putting up a- an amazing championship. I look forward to the 2022 event as well. So it was really, really awesome to see all that happening. Um, so don't forget, you guys, get the lowdown, everything that happens in the sport right there at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Grand Beauties. The best network on the planet exists there. So if you're missing out on uh, the UK scene with the NWFL, go right there. If you're missing out on Finland, we're going to get the Swedish uh, league coming up here on October 29th. You get the promo right there by Jan Jankopi Spartans uh, at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Grand Beauties. We should have uh, Mark Simone here coming in, in a couple minutes here. We're going to have his take in terms of what happened with the 9 Cup. Uh, Mackenzie uh, uh, will not be joining us, uh, as we stated before. Something else has come up, so we'll have her here next week and give us her, her take as well. And then we should have Nate Ward here in about uh, 30 minutes, and we're going to dive in as well to the NFL preseason. So all that's still t- to come right here on the Gridiron Blitz. So if you haven't subscribed to our podcast, go right there to the podcast, Apple, iHeart, Spotify, or any other favorite platform. You can also find us on globalwomensportsradio.com. Uh, you can give, find the, the tab right there for our podcast. GlobalWomenSportsRadio.com covers everything in major sports in terms of women's sports from uh, Europe as well as in the States. WNBA has been a focus for them as well, uh, also pro softball. So there's a lot of sports besides American, women's American football that they cover. Uh, so go right there to GlobalWomenSportsRadio.com, check it out, and you can also find our podcast right there. Uh, the other uh, you know site that you can go to, you can go to Zazzle, get, get your gear for us. On no joke football gear at zazzle.com worldwide if you order anything from us at the zazzle site uh, go down to the very bottom of the page it'll be the country code you want to be able to cl- click in your country code that is for you it saves you sh- on shipping it also gives you faster delivery and everything else make sure you use the codes special codes if there is no special code you can get fifteen percent off just use the code zazzle thanks there is a 25 percent off day today up to midnight pacific time use the code today z z tuesday shop and then uh, you can get 25 off everything we got leggings capris gifts also tees and tanks so check it out at the no joke football shop at zazzle.com forward slash no joke football and if you're going to be inclined to play nfl this this uh, offseason this coming fall you can go to monkey 5com get started today njf Free $5 play up to $100 match, so you can win some pretty cool money. So no fantasy football type, no FanDuel, no Sharks, no DraftKings. Just go to monkeynightfight.com. NJF is your code. Get a $5 free play. Get started. $5 can turn to $15 if you win on any of the props. We play more or less, and there's different ones that you can play in terms of the format. But coming into the NFL season, take advantage. If you're pretty good at NFL and, and you got good intuition in terms of week-to-week, week, you're able to make some pretty good dough up to uh, if you spend $300, as an example, you're going to make $900. If you spend $5, you are going to make 15 If you spend $10, you are going to make 30 So there's a little bit of quick money you can make or big money you can make. So go to Monkey Knife Fight. supports the podcast as well. It's one of our sponsors. And it helps promote women's Americans. So use the code NJF. Get started today. $5 free play up to a 100, $100 match. And if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, Uh, Go check out our YouTube channel, YouTube.com, Great Iron Beauties. uh, Amazing shared videos of uh, women playing American football globally from all the leagues that we've been able to track since 2009. So check out our YouTube channel as well. Go to uh, YouTubeChannel.com, and you can go force us Great Iron Beauties. Or you can go directly to the uh, Facebook page, and our actual link is right there as well. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, Uh, over 300 episodes of our podcast already uh, on apple spotify and iheart give us some traction there uh if you like our podcast please share it with your friends so that we can get more awareness to the sport on a weekly basis so we're going to be coming in here in a couple minutes here let's go ahead and bring in uh the backseat coach in the house and that would be mark simone in the house mark how's it going today awesome oscar how are you doing I'm doing great. Just got to talk to Amanda Hillman and Dinas uh, Guidry on their uh, performance at the nine cup. So it was pretty awesome.
5: Yeah, that's great. I mean, they really did turn in really good performances. And as I was watching the game, you know, um, you know, I was not going to say I predicted the, uh, uh, who the MVP might be, but you know, I was looking at Amanda Heilman. she, I mean, she had a terrific performance. Um, And uh, so she got the uh, offensive MVP, Um, very familiar with uh, Dina Guidry uh, from her days with the San Diego Surge, Um, and she's now with Texas, and yeah, she turned in a great performance too. So those interviews were great. It was uh, really awesome to hear from both of them.
2: And you know, uh, uh, Dina's been around a long time, and like she said, this is a, a totally different level in terms of the sport as a whole. And I think she's aware of that as well. And now that she's shifted over to play on the, on the uh, Texas elite, like she said, the, uh, the expectations are no different. It's still a winning, winning mentality that you got to have to be on this uh, elite squad. And they put a really good performance defensively. I mean, shutting down San Diego to six points. Uh, I mean, come, the, San Diego coming here and averaging 21 points. Um, so they, you, you said it on the podcast, it was going to be a battle of, of, of who, whose defense was going to be better. And, So uh, the elite obviously stood out. Uh,
5: Yeah, I mean, Texas, uh, you know, turned in, you know, a good game plan defensively. And uh, we we heard Deanna talk about it, uh, that, you know, they wanted to neutralize Gutierrez's speed. um, If she was going to try and run to the outside to try and stretch her out and and stop her from turning the corner. And they were very, very effective at that. and you know, I feel like um, you know, in watching the game, San Diego just—they didn't have an answer or an alternative, uh, an effective alternative for that. And so, you know, once Adriana Gutierrez was you know kind of neutralized, then um, the rest of the job was not too hard for them, just to continue to protect, you know, put pressure on the quarterback on those passing plays, and you know, just just slow down that run as much as possible. So, I mean, it was an excellent game plan. It, it worked to a T. And um, yeah, it came and out the with
2: frustration a... frustration for a, San Diego, Mark, I think everybody saw it, was they became one-dimensional because now it, you, were, you were just... Uh, I mean, the Spartans were just anticipating Ninja Martin to make plays. At literally what it boiled down to it after that after that containment, like you said, and, and you became one-dimensional. Once San Diego became one-dimensional, they... They really did not have the opportunity that they should have. They started to throw the ball late, which they should have done maybe right after the half, knowing that they were down almost two scores. But they didn't do it until almost the, the fourth quarter. And that, uh, like, I, like I was just saying, Tondina, you know, the, the the clock was just against them as well.
5: Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with you. And, um, you know, I, I think they probably should have started taking more chances downfield a little bit earlier you know, there in the third quarter, uh, you know, in the middle of the third quarter, or even even coming out at halftime. But they didn't. I, you know, I, I'm not sure. You know, I I'd, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in the locker room at halftime to to hear how they were going to try and change it up. Uh, you know, they didn't they didn't really make a commitment to trying to run in between the tackles. Um, and I'm not sure why I didn't see uh, them trying trying that a little bit more, um, but also with throwing down the field, where they, they did have some success throwing the ball. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I, we're on the same page with that. I, it, was, it was kind of little, too little too late by the time they, they, they started passing downfield. Yeah, and uh, to Tina's point, uh, as, as she just said,
2: as you mentioned as well, as I said before, you know, once, she just, once they locked down the run game and they were not giving them any type of edges, it's it's just one-dimensional that really against them that's not good for the op- the, op- the opposition you know what I mean because then they start to just really grind down and halt down I mean in the red zone what an impressive performance is in the red zone I mean they they really just you know buckle down when they need to buckle down and I think that was the difference and San Diego defense had carried them all the way up to this point and offensively they were they were they were really well but they had not been scoring you know beyond twenty points and against the texas elite you you gotta you gotta you know opportunities is there you gotta punch it in you can't not leave points off you know off the board
5: yeah, I mean it took them practically the whole game to get into the end zone, and when they did it was it was kind of a you know kind of an accident, a fumble in the end zone that that they
2: recovered mm-hmm. yep
5: so um i mean that definitely um says a lot about how uh tough. Texas defense played them. Um, You know, on the flip side, I I don't feel like uh, San Diego's defense was too bad. You know, Uh, Dallas didn't score a lot of points. Again, they didn't need to when their defense was performing at such a high level. When your defense is stopping the other team cold, you know that takes a lot of pressure off the offense. Um, But you know, you get to the end of the game, you know it, it it makes it a lot easier and. Um, you know Dallas definitely you know put up some points on the board and and it was over.
2: Yeah, I got we got to give a shout out to the uh, Rebellion D because they did do their job uh, to, in my eyes, but the offense uh, I think let them down on that side. Once once the offense could not come up with some creative plays to, to you know to to get into that um, Spartans uh, D. You know, in the secondary, they had opportunities in the secondary to do it, and they just didn't do it. So the playbook on the offensive side for the Rebellion basically was just obsolete in that sense because they didn't do much until the end. And like you said, that only score they had was basically an oops here, let's go ahead and give you that, that ball, and that's what happened. They just land on it and they're and landed in the end zone. They don't do that. They, they, they'd be shut out right now by, I want to say, 27 or 30, 35 to zero would have been a shutout, which, yep. you know, impressive for the for the D the rebellion d to really contain to contain the Spartans only to twenty seven points
5: yeah yeah i you know I'm, sure, I'm I'm sure that uh the rebellion would love to you know have that that game again um with a different game plan on offense certainly and and certainly mm-hmm. adjustments on defense, but I'm sure that they are very hungry to get back to the championship game to try and um you know. Prove to themselves that they're better than what they what they played in in this game. Yeah, we know offensively they're better than that.
2: I mean, they proved it against Vegas. They proved it against Utah, right? They, that the reason they got here was because they did have you know a a a backfield in terms of the you know the quarterback and in terms of Adriana making a difference there. But somehow you know when you face when you face uh, the elite. Uh, on 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 the defensive side of them, they they got too many monsters on either side. The whole line's a monster line, you know, with the uh, Griswold and, and company. And then you you got in, <laughs> you got everybody on that line that just just you know the ball hawks. They just want to get the ball, and it was really tough for them to make any any uh, uh, you know any yards.
5: Yep, I mean, what else can I say? You know, when you're when you're in the championship game, you expect to be playing you know, a tough, a tough opponent. And, um, you know, that's, that's what San Diego certainly got.
2: Well, it was a great game. Uh, what did you think of the atmosphere um, on everything, uh, Mark? The, the social media was, I think, really, really well done. They got the high school uh, videos up for the flag event. They got the all-pro game that was on there. You got to watch the, the championship on Virus Sports. Um, I know somebody had messaged me, depending on your cable package, you either had to do, I think, a, a pay-per-view upgrade, and, and somebody had messaged me before because I said it's you know 628. So I have a full package on the on the cable side of it, so I didn't have to pay for it because it, it pretty much comes with my package. But I think some people had some issues with the fact that they had to pay for it, right, or upgrade for the day.
5: Yeah, I I, I didn't experience that because you know I was watching online via, um, which yeah. was I mean. It, Perfectly, perfectly good um, broadcast. Uh, the WNFC has done a great job all season, uh, every week, uh, broadcasting their games. Um, I was a little bit disappointed, I think, when at, at you know when the broadcast ended, we didn't see the trophy presentation or the uh, MVP presentation or anything like that. I'm glad that they did post videos on uh, Facebook, so so we could see that. Um, I mean, I, it, that would be the one minus. I, I would have, I would have really loved it if we could have seen uh, on the, on the broadcast um, that pro- trophy presentation and, and all that stuff that comes afterwards.
2: Well, I'm pretty sure they're they're, they're listening to us and they're probably going to take their feedback for next season, right? Because I, I anticipated it on, on on the field, at least a, you know, some sort of on the field uh, broadcast extension, right? But we don't know what the arrangement was at that point, and but I'm pretty sure they're going to take notes of what we're saying here and, and improve on it. It was a great event. Um Mark, I was like, okay, Dillo went down and I was anticipating, okay, Dillo went down, there's an opportunity for the rebellion to kind of like maybe make a difference there because they got a key figure on the offense that wasn't going to be there, but as uh, Amanda said, you know, the next next man, next woman up and they didn't really miss the beat while well, she was off for a couple of
5: series. Yeah, well, you know, I, I mean, any team that performs at a very high level is going to be prepared for their center uh, to, to be injured. They're going to have a backup that is more than just competent at it, right? Because, I mean, it's one of the most important positions on the field. That's the person, it's one of the people who touches the ball every time. Um, so, um, so, yeah, that was a pretty big deal when, it, when, when that happened. I mean, uh, of course, like, first of all, you're just like, oh, geez, you know, I hope, I hope she's all right. Um, uh, we don't know if she'll come back in, but, you know you, didn't know, you didn't notice who the center was after that because they didn't make any mistakes, right? And that's what you want. That's what you want. Uh, you want your center to sort of not be noticed because if they're noticed, it's usually because they made a mistake of some sort. So, yeah, I mean, that, was, that could have been a huge turning point in that game. And, um, you know, it turned out to be nothing.
2: <laughs> it, was a great, it, was a, it was kind of like for the, for if you were watching it, you're like, uh-oh, she went down, right? This, this is an opportunity for San Diego to kind of make some sort of a, an impact on defense, right? Because it's, it's just the, the regular center is not there. Kind of new different looks, but it didn't happen that way. So, but it was a great performance, so it wasn't a complete blowout which we anticipated it was going to be a blowout coming into it. We thought it was going to be like a, you know, 40 to six or something or something like that. So, you know, like I said before, hats off to the Rebellion D for holding down um, the Spartans to to the amount of uh, almost less than 30 points, which is very admirable for anybody that faces the Spartans, especially all the teams in in the regular season now in the championship. So really good job to the San Diego Rebellion. Uh, Offensively, they got to retool. They got to figure out how they're going to, you know, come back and be up here in, that, in this game once again. But uh, other than that, the, their defense did carry them all year, so shout-out to the, the, the Rebellion D for the outstanding season.
5: Yeah, great job. Uh, well done, WNFC. Uh, well done, San Diego Rebellion. Congratulations, Texas Elite, and all the other teams in the league on a very successful season.
2: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what 2022 is going to kind of anticipate that um mark so we're going to get we're not going to get a, any seasons in mexico that's been confirmed by my sources there will be no seasons except for la was thinking of having a season but now that they're having more of the um COVID issues the uh i think that's going to be held back there's going to be no lexfa there will be no fx mexico as far as i'm, I'm told right now even uh, the lingerie wfl um uh, a league is still doing some events, but a selective uh, states that are allowing some opportunities. And also, um, uh, overseas, uh, Gridiron Australia, because of lockdowns in, a, in Gridiron Australia, all, no no league is free to open up now for the fall season, which is they normally where they start. So internationally,
5: Mark, literally shut down, which is surprising for Europe. Yeah, it's a really sad development because, uh, I mean, that's a lot of football, (laughs) you know, uh, between Mexico and Australia. That's a lot lot of uh, football leagues, and and we're not just talking the women's leagues, but the men's leagues too. Um, But um, uh, so I don't know what to, you know, don't know what to say. Like, I I wish things were different, right? Uh, I wish circumstances were better um, um, but, you know, you've got to do what you've got to do to, to um, keep people safe. Um, luckily, you know, it, it seems like uh, Sweden is going to have um, football. Um, um, Finland is, is going on, and uh, Bafa over in England, the uh, National Women's Football League. So uh, there's a lot of good football happening there. So we can take some solace, I think, Oscar, in, in knowing that um, we'll, we'll have some more football to talk about.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, this is a pretty exciting time
5: in the U.K. Uh, they're striving for
2: the 9-9 mentality. They're 7-on-7. Seven seven, but the tournament's been really nice. Um, the way they set it up uh, under new leadership of the uh, British American Football League, there's a lot more focus for the women's game as well. So hats off to them for doing a great job. So week three is up already. You get the excitement there. Um, and your girl, Ruth Mata, uh, you know, right off the, the WFA championship, shows up in uh, Birmingham, and and they obviously put their two wins on the board this weekend.
5: Yeah, well, she loves football. <laughs> so, yeah, right back uh, right back overseas and um, um, playing now with the uh, Birmingham Lions. That so was a really good
2: uh, upcoming week for, for the uh, NWFL. And that's going to be over at, uh, it's a regional-based mentality, which I think that, that was awesome for them to do. So, there, uh, you know, we're used to weeks here. I'm only equating them to weeks because it's like a different uh, different uh, region for every week. So there was, a, you know, Central West, I think, uh, if I'm correct, it was Central West. Now we're going to go into the um, East Kilbrade uh, region, and that's going to be this weekend and we'll, we'll get the updates uh, on the teams this weekend. But week three for us, but technically it's, you know, a second region for them. So it was a great excitement for the whole week this past weekend, and it was um, Central West is the region that played this past weekend. Birmingham 48-0 to against Cheshire. Uh, Leeds Carnegie 24-16 to against Manchester. Manchester then turns around and wins 20-15 to against Cheshire. Uh, and then Birmingham, obviously, another win against Leeds. So a really good weekend for uh, Birmingham and a good weekend for the rest of the teams. I think they're one and one Leeds one and one and um, Manchester one and one So that was pretty awesome. Um, so we're going to look forward to week four, uh, which is the North conference. That's what I totally forgot my notes here. North conference, which will consist of the East Kilbury pirates, the Edinburgh, uh, Edinburgh wolves and the Teesside Steelers. So we'll look forward to the results coming up this pat this this coming weekend as well. Um, so, so, Mark, what an excitement at the Night Cup. Sarah Fuller, Marshawn Lynch, Patrick Willis. I don't know. Just, it was pretty
5: awesome from what I hear from everybody. Yeah. You know, I saw quite a few um, uh, players taking pictures uh, you know, with Patrick Willis and, um, and some of the other and celebrities. Our celebrities out, all the ones that you mentioned. So, um, yeah, that, that's very exciting. And that always you know, lends a, a bit of a electricity to the atmosphere, right? Um, uh, so that that was definitely great to see. Um, you know, actually, both both the WFA and the WNFC uh, I think had um, uh, very very good championship weekends, offering things that they hadn't that that hadn't been offered before um, in place. You know, in places that were, were fresh and uh, and new. So. Pretty pretty awesome. Very satisfied. I think with with the seasons, especially coming off of uh, you know the lost season of 2020. Um, in many ways, you know, it was kind of a miracle just to have a season, right? And um, yeah, I think both did a pretty good job.
2: No, hats off to both leagues. I, I think these are this is the benchmark. Th- these leagues are the the highest in terms of visibility. And if you're looking at the the international. Sc- the international scope of players are looking down on them. So it's very important, obviously, that they're making all these things happening, five-year commitment in Canton, obviously the WNFC with their uh, full broadcast of all games. I mean, that's just huge accomplishments on both sides.
5: Yeah, that is. And it gives everybody something to expect next year, right? Um, a lot of the time, you know, we're going into uh, a football season and we just – we don't even know what it's going to look like. Uh, You know, we don't know what championship week is going to look like. Is there going to be a broadcast? Is it going to be streamed? Like, is it Mm -hmm. going to be on TV or ESPN or, you know, even where is it? You know, is it someplace cool? Where is it? Um, But uh, certainly with the WFA, when they've got this sort of five-year plan laid out, like we now know what to expect, and we also – know to expect something you know additions really to happen other things to be sort of put onto that championship week experience um, so you can, you can definitely see in, in, in both of these leagues the, the business acumen of its leaders sort of um, taking hold and, and moving it's, it, it's moving the sport um, uh, ahead which um, you know, which is for for people like you and me who've been watching uh, these leagues for for years and years now. You know, this this is the type of stuff we've been waiting to see.
2: Yeah, this is the uh, what do you call it? The whipped cream on top of the pie. We're waiting for that full whipped cream on top of the pie. Pie already, <laughs> so we're right there, right? We're almost there, right? <laughs> so it's a, it's a good it's a good feeling, right? It's a good feeling. We see it on we see it on the shelf. Uh, we get to another level where they actually serve it on the plate, and we start diving in. So we're still we're still almost there, right? To to dive into the pie, <laughs> we're visually <originally> seeing <deemed laughs> the pie with the great cream, but we're gonna dive in. I'm a pie guy, you can tell.
5: <laughs> make the pie so, higher,
2: my friend. Make the pie higher. Exactly. Make it make it higher. Um, Mark, uh, NFL's here. NFL preseason starting right now. But the Hall of Fame event was also pretty cool. You got Peyton Manning. I don't know about Peyton Manning's uh, bust forehead, but everybody's making jokes. About it. The, I don't know if the bust guy that created the bust uh, did not measure his forehead correctly or just overmeasured, but it looked pretty odd. I don't know. I started looking at
5: that. <laughs> Man, I, I don't know. I thought it was photoshopped. You know, I I, I don't know. Yeah. That's, Maybe we'll just yeah. have to go to Kent and look at it in real life to see if it really actually looks like Peyton Manning or not. Yeah,
2: that's that's a big forehead. Somebody sent it to me and I'm like, "Whoa, that's a real, no, that's a mistake. It can't be that I can't be that bad." And I'm like, "No, this is that's his actual forehead on his on his bust." And I'm like,
5: "Well, okay." Yeah, well, I mean Manning's forehead has been the uh the topic of jokes for many a year now. So, um yeah. I guess we shouldn't be surprised. Actually, he might have no, ordered um, it that. Way. He's got a good sense of humor uh, now.
2: Yeah. I don't know if the guy didn't measure right, but uh, that's my, I'm going with that line. He just probably made a mistake or something. <laughs> Cost too much to redo, so we're not going to do it. <laughs> we're just going to leave it as that. Um, Mark, your your girl uh, Cahill obviously got got her display at the Hall of Fame game, and so there's a, there's a wing there for her now, um, and I'm pretty sure she's more to come. Right, <laughs> four more years. We're probably going to add a couple more names out there maybe not her uh, again but somebody else will probably be put in canton once uh you know year two comes in terms of the wfa championship
5: right well you know it, it really kind of dawned on me I, and you know i don't know the full extent of the um items that have the the hall is procured uh for women's football but you know i i, I do know that um they have a number of Callie Brownson's um, um, things there, uh, and uh, Jen Welter's. Uh, she's got a, jer- a shirt there, um, and so so I do know that there are items in there um, from some of the women who played football and became coaches um, at a high level. Uh, so, but I, you know, I don't. I'm not sure if Cahill's jersey is the first. Um, item to be curated by the hall that's like literally related to a woman playing football you know coaching I coaching is, is I se- like a separate passion, thing i i want to
2: say the passion that fashion had some mention of their back-to-back championship but i i think you're right i think she's probably the first probably jersey to be you know portrayed out there because everybody else to your point was Uh, with an NFL allure, but it was just more like just, you know, a first of this, a first of that, but not on a jersey mentality.
5: Right, right. Um, Yeah, and, you know, I don't know if that's true. To my my personal recollection, um, that's the first time I've seen it. But I know that I have have no idea how much stuff that they might have in that hall. You know, they might have stuff from the 70s, for what we know. um, Sure. For what I know about a little too you know yeah. the point is it is pretty cool to see um, it, it's exciting for me because it, it's Cahill hill who's who's somebody I know right and I'm a huge fan of of allison um, of but no matter who it was i mean i mean that would be cool right uh, it's just it, it's a cool thing it, it's a it, it's a a it step you know you can see it as a, a just a, just a sign that Women's football is starting to creep into the mainstream of football. Right? There's no reason why it shouldn't be. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, but uh, I think I think we'll probably be seeing more more of that sort of thing happening. Um, I don't know, you know, I don't know who, what, when, or where, but. Um, pretty excited that that this happened excited for you know not just for for Allison but for every every woman who plays football you you know you could perform at a level and have accomplishments that could uh, put some part of you in the pro football hall of fame in Canton Ohio it's kind of mind blowing I think it's a great achievement.
2: Um it's gonna more to come, as we said, four more years to go. So there's gonna be a lot of other additional depending on performances and, and the season performances and everything else. We could see another a couple of names um, you know, put into that hall. But, you know, shout out to the WFA for making the arrangement for the five years and uh make sure that the NFL is obviously gonna be watching them for the Hall of Fame uh, inductions. So you can't have it any better than that. You know, the weekend right before that and the excitement's right there to be at the Hall of Fame Stadium, the Tom Benson Stadium. So, um I was giddy cuz uh, Tor- uh Tor Palomano went in, uh one of my favorite players in terms of a fan, um Isaac Bruce, my guy went in. Uh I think uh Tony uh Tony Floor is a the coach for the uh for the Raiders as well. There's a bunch of there's a bunch of uh you know, uh football uh legends that deserved to be there, and they all went in. This, this. So if you got to check it out right there at the hub, you get the lowdown of what the what happened at the Hall of Fame induction. And we're gonna go into week what preseason week one. We already saw the Steelers take down Dallas at the Hall of Fame game. This weekend we got Washington against the Patriots. Uh, Steelers come back and they're gonna it's a battle of Pennsylvania. They're going up against the Eagles on Friday. Uh, it's gonna be the Titans against the Falcons. Then it's the Bills against the Lions. Then it's the Cowboys against, uh, I believe, Arizona. Uh, so I'm just going to give them the rundown for all the fans here. Uh, Saturday, uh, obviously, we're going to have the Dolphins against – and then you have Broncos, Vikings, uh, Saints, Ravens, Browns, Jaguars, Jets, New York, Giants. That's going to be interesting to see how much improved the Jets are. Bengals, Buccaneers, Texans with their mess that they have with the quarterback there against Green Bay – Kansas City, the Frisco, the dilemma there with the quarterback, too. Uh, Seahawks and Raiders, and then the Chargers against my Rams on um, I believe Saturday, and then Sunday it's the Panthers and Colts. So pretty, uh, I think, 16 games on the, on the schedule, so we're not going to be bored by any means, uh, Mark.
5: I'm overwhelmed by the number of games. <laughs> it's a, a lot. lot of games. For preseason, <laughs> normally you expect like, you know,
2: four or five, whatever. Now this is turn into like almost a full weekend. Uh, but, right. you know, they,
5: they got to they gotta get their money, right? So how all many the weeks TV of pre-season deals. Are, are, how many weeks of preseason are there in, in the NFL this year? I think there's Is it four the same normally, as the previous years, years? or um, There's four weeks. Are they going to of the a 17-game schedule this, and, and with one less? Yes. Yeah, I think they're going to go
2: – I thought it was four weeks, and then they go into the bigger schedule. I don't know if it's this year or next year, but I think it's this year. It might be. Yeah. Bone up but on you're gonna that. get to watch it. You're gonna get to watch it. Um, you get to watch it on NFL Game Pass if you have it. You get a free trial if you want to go there. Uh, Thursday night football, you get to watch it on Prime Video. Uh, Sunday night football on NBC, and then on ESPN Monday night football. So all that, and you pretty um, everybody that follows the NFL already knows where to go. NFL.com, so you can get all the details right there. So I don't have to go through it at all. But uh, 16 game slate right there as well. So we're gonna go dive into that. And then uh we have what uh one one week uh two weeks or oh, three weeks left and then the uh Finland season is completely done. So uh right now Mark in terms of the the fin, uh Finland season uh you know Koda looking very impressive at 5 and 0, Northern Lights as well almost at 5 and 0. Uh probably the two best teams and then right behind them is Tampiri and then Loya is, and on the Maple side, uh, Leah Kosla and her tur- uh Turku Trojans just just killing it and then I think it's going to be tr- uh Turku and uh McKelly. I-, I really think that's going to be the final and it's starting to look it looks like it's going to be that way.
5: Yeah, I you know, it, these seem to be the two big kids on the block and um, you know, um, we're a little more than halfway through the season and um, you know, the Trojans are you know. Are remain undefeated now, 4-0. The Bouncers' only loss uh, is to uh, the Turku Trojans, Um, and uh, in a couple weeks we're going to see we're going to see that match off. I think that's the last week of the season, right? Um, The Trojans, Turku Trojans uh, versus the McKelly Bouncers. McKelly uh, uh,
2: Mark, McKellie is a, a pretty interesting story, kind of like Nevada. They, they were Division One the year before. They got upgraded to the Maple League, and uh, they haven't lost a beat. So they, they've, they've been really good this season as well in, in, uh, in the Maple League.
5: Yeah, I mean, they've been playing really well. Even in that loss against um, the Trojans, their numbers are good. They just didn't score touchdowns. Uh, you know, they had 11 first downs uh, to the Trojans' eight. Uh, the Bouncers got 179 yards on the ground. All right, they didn't get much passing, uh, and that's where that's where the Trojans like kind of whipped their ass. Um, mm-hmm. But total offensive yards, uh, Bouncers 186, uh, Trojans 201. So pretty close. The big story really was the fumbles. Um, yeah, McKelly uh, lost four uh, lost the ball four times. Next time they play, if they if they can, um, you know, um, just control those turnovers, um, they'll have a lot better shot at winning. Uh, the time of position in that game, you know, the Bouncers had the ball uh, for you know twice as long as the Trojans did. It's just that the Trojans were very explosive when they scored. You know, they've they've got J.J. Salas, they got uh, Leah Kazas, and they just Mm-hmm. They just go off when they get the ball. So, um, but I, that, I think that's your championship matchup, and um, um, hopefully, hopefully we'll see some, some excellent football when they do face off.
2: Yeah, I know it's going to be an interesting matchup. I think that is the, the, the matchup for the Maple League. Um, anticipation within three weeks that we will see in the semifinals, we will get to see probably Trojans bouncers uh wolverine's a totally different uh, team this year because of the roster changes and players leaving overseas to germany and other places so it really decimated themselves into more of a rookie class and it shows with their one and three uh they're giving up uh, i think 125 points they're only scoring about 50 points so very uncustomary for them uh given their success in the last three seasons but overall uh the bouncers um uh, right there uh, giving up uh, i think uh, a lot more points than uh, Turku, but the defense on Turku has given up only 13 points to my stats. So, you know, hats off to the, to the Trojans for uh, standing down with their defense. So it's going to be tough for the bouncers. On a second round. they they've got to be able to, like you said, uh, limit their mistakes.
5: Yeah, uh, they can't afford any mistakes. Um, they have to probably have to play a nearly flawless game. But I think they've shown that, you know, they can, move, they, can, they can hold that ball and move it on the ground, you know, so they've got to limit their mistakes and they have to capitalize when they get into the red zone. They, they can't get turned away um, without any points. So, All right, so we think- we're
2: going we were, we were to have a debate for, you know, Boston versus Texas Elite. We have our poll on Twitter. If you guys want to do it, um, you know, we got our favorites. It's what, what it is. Check it out. Go to Great Iron Beauty on Twitter. We got the poll right there. It's up for another six days. Uh, it looks to me overwhelmingly right now, based on the poll mark, the Elite Spartans are the favorites if you had to do the matchup. But on the field is a totally different animal. So the, ultimately the poll is saying that, you know, the uh, Texas Elite probably the better squad in a matchup against Boston. So kind of like, you know, let's go dive in. If you're a fan, go over to Twitter, Great Iron Beauty. Check the poll out. Put in your two cents. We'll see uh, next week. Uh, we got about seven days. When we come back next week, we'll see what the poll says. So we'll kind of dive into the kind of analogy and perspectives on that because we all want to see that matchup no matter what. So, uh, you know, we want to see Boston against Texas. So hopefully it will happen in our lifetime, as they normally say. Yeah, hopefully in our lifetime. All right, Mark, um, I don't know about you, but great weekend. we got uh, Amanda Hellman here, uh, MVP of offensive for the 9 Cup. We had uh, Dina Guidry, the uh, defensive MVP for the 9 Cup of the two-time champion uh, Texas Elite Spartans. Uh, great show today. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't have Mac here. Just some stuff coming up, and Nate couldn't make it either as well, so we apologize for the uh, them not being on. But we will be here next week, and uh, Mark Simone will be here almost every week after that, and we're going to be talking international scene as well. We're going to be talking – everything off-season news and notes in terms of the WNFC, WFA, and also international. So always a great resource. You can follow him at Backseat Coach on IG, at Backseat Coach on Facebook. You can also follow him on Twitter at at Backseat Coach. Very resourceful and informative. So, uh, Mark, I don't know. That's it. Uh, I think we're out pretty much. Uh, Great weekend, and we're going to anticipate NFL preseason.
1: Yes.
5: Um, Have a great week, and uh, enjoy those football games.
2: All right, so, senor, uh, for the absent, uh, Holly Custis, Mackenzie Brooks, Nate Ward, Oscar Lopez, and Mark Simone saying we'll catch you here next week for 386. So uh, don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to also share it with our friends, and don't forget to go to the Hub. Have a great night, everybody.
0: Play is the fastest-growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy-to-play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50.